0: Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture and community. And this week's episode, we take a, a interesting look at the personalities of congregations. So not necessarily sanctification or spiritual markers like you see in Revelation when we talks about the churches and their characteristics spiritually. Um, tonight, we're looking at how certain congregations get certain flavors of personalities or socioeconomic status um, or just general overall um, lifestyle. So how do churches... become who they are? And is it grown naturally through the culture of the community? Is it starting from the leadership? um, And and people kind of adhere to what the leadership have uh, to offer them. And so if you think about churches you've been to or the one you're attending, you'll notice that overall, there's a general sense of of people that are there um, and getting to the root of why that is. And also, is it good? Um, Or should there just always be a really diverse melting pot of personalities and cultures coming together at a church? um, Or is it okay for a pretty monolith community to be getting together um, that all kind of look and sound the same? Um, and does that have a spiritual implication? So there's a lot of these questions will be aired out through conversation and through looking at some of the New Testament churches and just uh, thinking through some of the tough questions about church today, and it really comes down to do people really understand what the church is? And so we're definitely going to be doing an episode on that soon. Over the next couple of weeks, we have a couple of guests coming on. We have uh Pastor Chuck Thornley coming on to to share a topic that he's been um, working through and, and God's been teaching him, and then we have um, someone who we just booked on in a few actually before Pastor Chuck is uh, Matt Glancy. Um, so he has a, a very unique and specific ministry issue that I'm really excited for him to flush out for us on this podcast uh, to bring awareness to some um, some sin issues that are, are tough to talk about. So um, looking forward to to. Getting to know Matt better and hearing about his ministry and what God has led him through, and I really, really encourage you if you haven't, you know, been consistently listening, that the next few episodes you really make a point to tune in to, um, so that you can uh, be fed and you know challenge um, some thoughts you may have about certain topics and um, just do some introspection. Um, So as always, we're praying for you, um, and uh, we want this podcast to be God-glorifying, and people are still listening, and they're still tuning in, and we're still hearing feedback in the local community and through messages. So we're going to continue to do this as long as the Lord allows, and He's currently allowing it. And um, if you could please like, subscribe, favorite this podcast, it always is helpful. We have a decent amount of reviews now on Spotify and Apple, which is awesome and helpful um, to get the word out. Um, because we believe these conversations are crucial they're necessary um, and that the kingdom is advanced through having these tough conversations and and through thinking through the nuances of some of these things and admitting that everything is exactly cut and dry Um, so we thank you for your participation in these discussions Um, your prayers for us because we need them it's not always easy to prepare and pray each week um you know and find time with our families and our busy schedules but we do it because we believe the kingdom is important we believe that your sanctification your growth and your walk with Christ is important um, and because we love the Lord and we want to give him the glory with our time and with our resources um, so we offer that up as an offering um, with you um, as you're driving or walking or um, however you listen and we just thank you once again for for being a part of this family Can hear a heater. I think we can. Hear All right. It. So, oh. Addie, um I wanted to just kind of air out what she was so upset about, and a see if we can, if we can fix it for her. you know, All call right. a solution and calm her down. All right. So, what just happened? You wanted what, Addie?
1: I wanted him to tell them.
0: All right. So, there was a baby that uh-huh. she wanted, right, okay. Addie? Can you say yes yeah so they can hear you?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: And and mommy and you weren't listening, mm-hmm. so mm. mommy took the baby and threw it the other side of the gate that you can't open. Is that right? All right. And then you. We're screaming and crying. Is that right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, what do you think the best thing to do is from here?
2: Uh,
1: listen.
0: Mm, yeah, that's yeah, a okay. good answer. And then, how do you like? How do you start that? What are you going to do?
1: Um, show on to tell and watch World Tour.
0: And watch World Tour trolls. Okay. Do you want me to get that started for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know the right thing to do. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right. So you want to go upstairs and do it? All right. Let's go, baby. Okay. See, parenting's easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Over. So, um, you know, as we're talking about the Holy the Trinity, you know, on a regular basis, like as Father you do, Holy Spirit, as, did. as one does, yeah, as one does. Um, what do you like better? <laughs> Adidas, Nike, or Under Armour? Oh, okay. the Holy Trinity of athletic wear. Oh.
1: Because
0: I've always been Adidas because of soccer. But am I feel I like just, the mature as you age and like grow as a person. I feel like Under Armour becomes the right thing.
1: Can I say I have not once ever thought about this? Yeah, well, yeah. I've never, I've never, I've never had like. You're about I don't to buy counter culture. Yeah, I okay. Am. So here's I the thing: I,
2: like, if I'm just at, if I'm just solely picking on product and material, yeah, I'm going to choose Nike. Yeah, but if I'm including, if I'm <laughs> including morals and things like that,
0: I'm going to not. Is Nike worse than the rest of them? Yes. Yes. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Yes. I thought that mm-hmm. was just like an attack on their brand or no, something. No, it's bad. Okay. Um, and then
2: if I'm going best out of morals, it'd probably be Under Armour.
0: Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What is what's good about them?
2: I only have one anecdote. Okay. And that's kind of what I'm going it's with. It's more than I have. So the I, reason why the reason why Steph I think I've said this before. The reason why Steph Curry is sponsored by Under Armour and not Adidas or Nike. It's because he wanted to put a Bible verse on his sneakers, and the other two wouldn't let him land. Hmm. So he chose Under Armour. Hmm. and Good to know. Yeah. So just that's the only anecdote I have. However, I'm sure Under Armour's got little kids somewhere making their shoes.
0: All right, so morals so, aside, that's usually what I do when I make most of my decisions. Okay. okay. Um, you have – all right, so I, I picture Under Armour being, like, the adult strong guy thing. Like, I picture, like –
1: Oh, Lifters,
0: like, a, okay. like bigger dudes. I picture Adidas for like skinny dudes. And right, why don't you look at me like that? I, I look, look at both count, of count. This is okay. And then the um, I picture Nike for like runners and tryhards. What's a tryhard? Not, someone who tries too hard, like it's you're, literally you're trying word. to make it look like you're athletic. Okay. When you're
1: not. Yes, Nike. In my brain, I associate with runners. I don't know if that's just because of all of their marketing, but that yeah. that is why I associate. If I'm going to go running, I'm going to get a Nike shoe. Not that I would ever want to go running. So
0: yeah, I've never but, worn Under Armour shoes. I don't know if they're comfortable. Neither by. have
1: I. Yeah, I have a pair of Adidas right
0: now. I'm but, just. Yeah, I was just going. Adidas. I was just kind
2: of going by what is in most sports, and Nike oh, yeah. is in everything. Mm-hmm. Is it? Okay. Yeah, like just, Adidas is mainly soccer, but it's in everything. Um, Under
0: Armour I thought was up there too Yeah but
2: Under Armour When it first came out Under Armour was more for like Like the stretchy Like the not being cold The the thermals And then they ventured into show It's like Nike's been here from the jump Yeah And they have been in everything And they're like You know Jordans and all these things Like they've been around for so They're like the OGs But the least moral So Okay They made it to the top
0: For a reason And that's why Mm. Started from the bottom And now they're there Am I making a a bad connection
1: That Michael Jordan Started wearing Nikes And got fined wearing them because they weren't approved or something. Is that no there's something.
2: there's something to go some with that. And then they realized how much money they were going to make
0: off of him and then they Yeah, like okay. Yeah. Mm. So with our um our podcast, we've been working through Matthew and what are we up to now? Chapter 11? 11, Eleven to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Eleven to thirteen. Is that I, what? what? I was gonna say is that we're talking about no no <laughs> no, no. Okay. um and then we did the 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 three uh myths the three yes. uh, false assumptions yep. about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Pastor Chuck Thornley coming back on soon. Um, he's got a pretty interesting topic that um, I'm interested to delve into with Cole because um, Joe's ditching us for a week. Two. Um, all right. Two well, weeks. then we'll, I don't want him to not listen for two weeks. Uh,
2: so, yeah, because
0: I'm— the- <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we are kind of in the middle of a couple different things. And, and one topic that kind of came up organically uh, while we were prepping um, a long time ago for the this episode— um, was the idea of, um, and we can look at John 10, since we've been in that for a couple of weeks at the one of the churches we've been going to, um, are people um, going to churches because um, they see something in the pastor or the leadership team that draws them to them, mm-hmm. so like vibe and tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or are people just being drawn to the church for a bunch of different reasons Um, And it goes from there. So I know it's a kind of a fancy way to explain it, but like are sheep like walking around and trying to find a shepherd Mm. and what are they, what is the overall, when you look at that, that flock, like, um, and we were talking about this before, so it's going to sound like a repeat, but I'm curious if like the listeners can like um, empathize a little bit with the idea of, um, if you look at a church congregation, often they'll have some of the main characteristics of the leadership of that church, so the vibe and tribe or the vibe of that church. Um, so if you go to like a really, really um, you know wealthy church, uh, in, in terms of church building, you go to like a, a church in Princeton. Um, I know that if I sat down in that that congregation and looked around, most people were wearing fur. Like that was like most of the women were wearing some sort of fur, and most of the men had full suits on. And they had jackets. But the worship, when you, you look at the modern worship that was on stage, was, like, very modern, contemporary. They were wearing their, you know, leather jackets and, you know, whatever, that like, the elevation will look like at the time. But then the 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 pastor and leadership team all wore the full suits. All the wives were decked out and, like, bling, you know. And and so it seems as though, like, congregations are often a, a kind of um, either mold towards the leadership of the church or they come because they see themselves in them. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. So, what comes first, the, the leadership? Or the egg. Right. Yeah. yeah. The leadership, and then it draws a congregation,
0: or, or a, a congregation, congregation and, then and they mold, from,
2: and then the, and then they, you pick from the crowd to... or do they mold then into? Right. Oh, that's what I'm man. saying, like you, like they become the leadership.
0: They, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. You're picking from
1: the mass of like. Yeah. A, yeah. I had to wait, go wait, first,
0: so it took me a long time to get there, but I got. There. Okay. Wait. Are you Sorry. saying that they pick? He's. I I'm not saying much.
1: Are, no, but I think you guys are saying two different things. That you're saying people <laughs> are. Naturally attract it, and then you're picking from those people. Are you saying, Adam, that those people who you are attracting are molding to you, and then you're picking them? Is it that's is that what too, I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I don't know if they're that different, but like it, it, it seems slightly right. I don't, yeah, I don't know. So like, is it that you know that a bunch of kind of blank slates yeah. are going to a church, and then that they're seeing okay, so that. that's what Christianity looks like in the leadership of that church, and then they're starting to kind of slowly morph into that. They start copying the mannerisms and the lifestyle. Or is there everybody's kind of set in their lifestyle mannerisms, and and then they're up, then they then become a part of that body. So, um, I guess we're not going to the answer to that, but what we can do is look to the, like the scriptures and see like what examples there are of um, should a leader attract a certain type of people at all, or should their characteristics and their love, like their love for Christ be the attractive thing?
2: All right, without even opening my scriptures. Two examples just popped into my head, and these might be these, all. so. These no, no, no. I'm saying these these might just be wrong without even saying. having to open my Bible. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> I, I'm just saying like so. The first thing that came into my brain was was Paul saying that he became whatever, wherever he went. So to the Gentile, he became a Gentile. To the Jew, he became a Jew. Yeah. So the morphing be, to the culture, he morphed anyway. into the culture. So he was the leader. But again, this isn't the best example because he was establishing churches. Um, However, and then another example, which also is, we don't have a lot of church examples, but another thing that I'm thinking is when they appointed Stephen Mm. over the Hellenized widows that weren't getting in Mm -hmm. Acts 7, whatever it was. No, whatever, 5. And... uh, because Stephen was Greek and the people that they appointed over them were all Greek and there was these Hellenized Jews like so these Greek culture Jews that were getting neglected. So it was they were like they were picking people that can minister to them similar past similar culture mm-hmm. language all and, these like
0: in that case, I think it had a couple like a couple fold reasoning for that, right like I think it was that um, Stephen would have the empathy because the yeah. similar culture and also they were looking for representation in themselves to make sure they weren't being taken advantage of, which was their accusation that they were right, impartial, right, right, right. Exactly. impartial. So that's why I don't know if it's a good example. Because but it like is an kinda, example. It's yeah. an example, but on, we've talked about
2: this. Like unfortunately, we just don't... We don't have any... We don't really have anything to go to of what the modern-day church is. Like yeah. We don't so really have
0: a... It depending on your theology, I mean, you could look at Jesus and the disciples as, like, one of the first churches, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but the... Um, so even if it's not even if it's not per se like what we call today like a a church marked by baptism worship you know communion, yes. um, it it could be just does a good biblical leader in the Bible like attract um, the same type of people to follow and lead, or is it is it a more collective? So like obviously the person I'd be drawn toward is is Christ. You know when I'm thinking about the disciples. They're all from, they're also well, okay. called.
1: But well, wait a minute.
2: So like, can we take a step
0: one further? Like, no. why are we even attracted to Christ? Why did he? I mean, at the very start of it, when you're looking at the disciples, he does a work for most of them, like a miracle. And then, then they become attracted to what he's doing. Who is this guy? And then they follow him.
2: Okay. But what I'm saying is let's take, let's take the gospels. Yeah, why did the why the why did Christ why did God come in a, in the form of a baby in a manger? Mm. Like God assimilated to us. Yeah, and then we see mm. Paul doing that. Christ mm-hmm. went to the people. Christ came in poverty, mm-hmm. right? Uh, his Joseph and Mary sacrificed yeah. doves and pigeons. Like Looked they too, came, yeah. in po- they came to the everyday people. So like they assimilated. He didn't come down as a high priest, like a as well, he did come down as a high priest, but not as like what it looked like, yeah. Not, not a Levitical, not, not a Levitical, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like even Christ assimilated, it went the other way.
0: But so you're looking at a, how a leader changes for the flock, not how the flock would change Changed for a leader.
2: Well, it's, I think they're both have, they both happen at the same time because as Christ becomes like us, we become more like Christ. Is that that Christ mm. became a you know, a, he gave us, he took our filthy rags so that we have his clean robes. Mm. now this might not
1: apply to the church i was gonna say are we trying we, to apply like sanctification basically in a sense like, no, no I,
2: guess I was just going, i was trying to christ. take it back to like what what why were they so attracted to christ because he he was your everyday like they mm-hmm. had this con- conception of a messiah like this victorious like warrior like we're coming in with the sword mm-hmm. and all that and like then this guy was like healing the blind making the lame walk healing lepers doing these things and that was the Messiah, mm-hmm. and he drew in crowds. While at the same time, kind of breaking down the old covenant, like and the, and the everything that it represented, like the corpus. Like, so I don't know. It was just it was attractive. Mm-hmm. He was kind of he was somebody was finally going to the places where nobody else was going. Mm. That's that's why he was the true Israel. Like he he was supposed, he was doing what they were supposed to be doing, but they weren't. Mm. So it's kind of like when we have like all these politicians. They say like, oh, yeah, no student loans. And then you get a guy that finally is like, oh, he's like one of us. Like he gets it. This dude's like – he hasn't been in the political realm for –
0: that person probably doesn't exist. But you know what I mean? Like, So I I was listening to this um, sermon the other day that I thought was really, really good. And one of the references he gives about why people ever ever went to go see John the Baptist to begin with, Mm. it's like what made him an attractive person to go talk to. Traveling twenty five miles out of your way to hear somebody call you a brood of vipers as soon as you walk out there. Yeah. Um and I never thought about that. Like why what was what was about him that made people want to go out of their way and go see him? Like probably half naked, you know, not taking care of himself. Um and the and the way that he the pastor explained it was um there's this story of when David Hume, um I I don't believe I, I don't I'm not a, I didn't do a lot of research on this, but he's not a believer. Okay. He's, a, he's a, like a secular philosopher. Um, and he traveled really far out of his way to hear a um, sermon by George Whitfield. Okay. And, um, and when he was walking there, they're like, why are you making such a long trek? And he's, they said, you don't even believe what this guy's even talking about. And then he's like, yeah, but he does. So I want to hear it. Hmm. And so it was <laughs> a, emphasizing the fact that people conviction draw in people to be heard. Um, regardless if they agree with the conviction or not, it, when people speak with authority, um, it's 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 attractive. Um, and when you have like Jesus at the, at the like in the temple at thirteen years old, twelve years old, teaching and mm-hmm. and and uh, drawing the attention of a bunch of people, like speaking with authority, um, I think that it is attractive. It's just really it's great that he was the Messiah, but I'm sure there were other people, um, other you know because. Um, There were constantly people coming up as false prophets and claiming to be the Messiah or claiming to be um, the Savior um, that would also speak with authority, which probably also drew crowds at the beginning. Mm. Um, So I think that's probably also one of the main reasons why when they saw Christ, like, (laughs) you you look at some of the things when he he tells them to cast a net on the other side, and that's how he gets Peter— But then, when you see someone, he sees Matthew and he says, "Follow me." It wasn't a lot of convincing, and and the chosen paints a whole backstory, which is really nice, and I would like to believe that's it. But maybe like the authority of having someone just walk up and and having the reputation behind him and just saying, "Follow me," is the authority that that person needed to respond. You know, Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's kind of missing today, and and I'm not in not in any churches I'm thinking of locally, but. Like, missing in terms of speaking with your chest a little bit about the mm. gospel and not being afraid to pull any punches. Um, one of the reasons why, like, um, whether you agree with everything he says or not, but, like, John MacArthur or John Piper, like, those big hitters, like, if you listen to the sermons, they're all hard-hitting, conviction-filled sermons. Um, and that's why they draw <clears throat> such a large crowd.
2: So we're saying it's good
0: or bad? If you have the right message, it's, it's incredible. Right. Um, but you're asking what made Christ attractive is that he had the right message and conviction. So I guess though, when I'm thinking about congregations and how they kind of look like their pastor or their leadership a little bit, I'm not talking about in sanctification. I'm thinking about in personality traits or lifestyles, um, which don't have to be negative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like you can, like, I don't know about you, but like when I was in, in college, it was like, I would really only hang out of the 600 people in the Christian fellowship. I was only hanging out to musicians um, because whenever we got together, it was who's bringing out the guitar. We'd sit around and play worship till like two in the morning um, because just music, Worship-oriented people kind of went together. Um, So that was the vibe tribe thing. Um, So, like, in a church, what do you think comes first? Is it in a well-established church, the leadership draws in a certain type? Or blank slates come in and they become more like the leadership of the church?
2: Well, I guess you have to go back to all the way to, like, when a church starts. It's going to start with not a big pool of people. Mm-hmm. So you're getting anybody who's willing to come, and then you're picking from that. And then...
0: But then eventually, it there has to be that conversion. Right,
2: but then what I'm saying is then there's, let's just say it's... Let's just say all you can get is five people, including the pastor, to run a service. Yeah. And then the congregation grows, but now that congregation is growing, something's happening. Mm. So back to your question, like... Even though five people are leading a service, even at that small microcosm of a church, what's at that point, are they coming in and looking like the leaders? Or no, yet? Like when you go break it down all the way to its, mm. or is it just anybody and then this happens? Because if it's anybody and then this happens, then it's the other one where you're picking yeah. from a congregation.
0: You
2: yeah. Know what I mean, you got to go to have a church start, like at its yeah. fundamental, like,
0: and I'm not neglecting the Holy Spirit and, the, and God's role in this whole thing, calling people and shaping churches. Like, I, we're not neglecting that at all. Like, when you're talking about, like, um, yeah, is that a sidestep from what you were saying? I it feel like it's kind worth of, noting. Yeah. I mean, well, the Holy Spirit calls anybody to, yeah. to to Jesus, so. But we're saying that it looks pretty—because people have the—the the Holy Spirit is, an, is obviously active, but— Everyone has a choice if you're in the United States and live in a rural area to where to go to church. So the Holy Spirit got your choice. So, like, we're, you know, I, obviously God calls you to certain congregations and you can serve there. But, um, like, why is it that a, ch- a church that has predominantly young family, a, a fa- leadership with young families, is has a church full of 300 young families? Um, is, it, is it just because sheer, like, all right, so you start with young families, then
2: you're going to invite, like, you're, a young family's sphere of influence is mainly young families. Mm. Right? It's your friends, it's the age mm. of your friend groups. Mm. So then that's who you invite out. I mean, is it as simple as that? Maybe. I don't know. And is that good? Probably not. Because just like any other demographic of things, people of the same people of the same generation or same age, also have a group think mentality. So you're not mm. you're not learning from experienced people who have walked life for a lot longer than you, or younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you just get everybody with this that kind of grew up in the same generation with the same generational problems,
1: with mm. the same. I I don't want to middle road
0: this, but I, I kind of what wanna, you do,
1: and that is what I do. I like doing it. Can you uh, sleep
0: on a fence? You're. I, you're, I'd, I'd like you're to skiing. try, yeah. With it's you, you can do it on your stomach with your mouth open on the pole. Oh, <laughs> what? Hmm? That was aggressive. It was. That's twice your quote from The Office. Is it? Oh, yeah. Think it's, like, it's easy to sleep on a fence when you are face down and your mouth on the pole. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I did not get that reference, but uh,
1: is it that people? Okay, you have both. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm middle. Yeah. This. Like you have people who are blank slates, new Christians, people who maybe aren't very church or disciple don't really know. And they come and they mold. And then you have people who are church and disciple. They come, they don't really like you. They don't vibe with you. Nothing's really connecting and they move on. And then there's some that come that do vibe with you and then they just stay. Yeah, That's probably what it is. Yeah. I don't mean to cut the entire podcast. Like, yeah, but we're trying to have really, a short... uh, nuanced
0: conversation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so okay <laughs> no, sure. I'm just kidding. I was just, no, I, but,
2: I mean, yeah, it's probably, you probably have all three in one.
0: Yeah. Because like the, the Trinity and the, and the athletic wear. Oh jeez, yeah. <laughs> Back to that.
1: No, because I'm I'm thinking like just through my own Like I I started as a young child, so I got
0: playing like you're in a, like a diabetes commercial.
1: I started <laughs> as a young child, <laughs> yeah. like so. I grew up in a church and was very <laughs> molded towards it.
2: Yeah,
0: you gonna you gonna be okay?
1: Yeah, no. I just I was like other diabetes commercials.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know
0: that advertising. For the diabetes. famous ones like I got diabetes. He's like the famous guy. As, okay, he's been doing it since the '80s. You definitely oh, saw one. Okay, <laughs> no, I've never heard that before.
1: Uh, what no, is that advertising? Medication for it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm, that makes sense. I didn't
2: know if it was like the socks, diabetes socks, diabetic socks.
1: Is that a thing? Cole Savis. What it? are you saying? No, M- I middle road. No, I'm somewhat interested, but uh, <laughs> no. So I, I grew up young in the church, and so I naturally was molding myself towards the leadership and people around me. And then, as I moved on to other churches, I kept moving around until I found a vibe and a tribe that I wanted to stick with. Mm. And oh man, you picked that. Yeah, no, I, I did. Mm. And like wanted to aspire to and that that whole "follow me as I follow Christ" mentality of like oh, these people are doing life and the gospel, and I I kind of want to I want to do that. Mm. Yeah. I like where they're they're at their their walks and even their lives a little bit. So it's like that idea of being around those similarly minded people.
0: Yeah. And I guess if I'm looking at um, from a perspective of like attending churches and trying to figure out for me, I have to get this vibe that um, there are people that are more sanctified than me, call them leadership, whatever they are. Like mm-hmm. they could not be serving at all. They could be congregation members that are every single week that I couldn't learn from. Mm-hmm. And if I don't see that and being as, Aware of my walk as I am, I need someone to look forward to because I'm I look to because I'm not the top. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the the fact that I would be like one of the mo- more like well well read people is like there's got to be more people you know that are more well read that I can learn from. Um, and if that's not there, then I can't be discipled by anybody. You know, mm-hmm. not just well read, but in general, just yep, yep. life life discipleship. Um. So, um. There's but, that. Okay. sorry, good. I'm just, the other thought I had too is I've heard multiple people um, like, so one time I taught on a Sunday, um, I wore dress pants and a blazer, right? Mm -hmm. The one before that I wore jeans and a dress shirt. And the second time I got all kinds of compliments, not compliments, like comments about like being up front wearing dress clothes final, like about me, you know, like you've been on stage for a long time. You're finally wearing dress clothes. Mm And those people have this like confirmation bias of like, I I think that that's what should be on stage. And so if there was, if the whole worship team at that place was wearing that all the time, they would have felt much more comfortable probably going to that place a lot earlier. So like pastors have to make conscious decisions that if you wear a full suit every week, you're going to attract people Mm -hmm. that like to dress up and come to church and you're going to have a Baptist vibe. Um, And pastors are aware of this. I've heard conversations between pastors about this, like, you know, you dress too well for too long. It attracts a certain type of people. And then if you go back, you're going to have people stomping out, you know, um, because they, so wearing a hoodie up on stage is going to bring people who are like a little bit more, um, a little less stuffy. So stuffy is in like yeah, legalistic no. and yeah, no, I don't know. I... Um, so not that you should make your decisions. You should wear what you want to wear um, and what you think is most honoring to God on a Sunday as a, as a church leader. But like those things do affect people's decision making process when they're looking, and so not for anything, but your choices of outfits literally shapes who comes to your church,
2: right? So, but my question is, like, should you even give that a second
0: thought? That's what I just said, no, right? Okay, but as, but it does. It I mean? It's not, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm saying it happens. Hmm. But as a pastor, no, you should wear what you think is most honoring to God on on that Sunday, whatever that looks like for you, right? But also, no. That what that choice is is going to have an impact long term, for
2: right. But I guess so. Then I guess that that would bring like, should you want a should you even want a certain group?
0: No. But it happens, right? Because again, like if you any biblical model, it's like whoever so will will come, um, right. And
2: I was just thinking back to the, the whoso- back to the disciples thing. I don't know why we didn't think of this immediately, but like look at Christ and the disciples.
0: That's literally what I said.
2: No, but but not a single what I'm I know, but what I'm saying is not a single one of them looked like they were one another. They were no, so, the, so the different. The only common thing yeah. was like uh helplessness. You had fishermen, you had a zealot,
0: tax collector, tax
2: collector, more fishermen, some brothers, some not. You know what I mean? It's like they were all across the board.
0: They like all. The only thing about them was that Christ could only get the glory from the what was happening. Yes, like the twelve ordinary men, right? Like he didn't. Yeah. Pick the he picked the Pharisees. The and most, said, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and even looking at because we've been going through on Sundays uh, the John ten, just interesting, just what we've been talking about. Um, verse seven says, uh, no, verse eleven. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, um, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as I and the father knows me. And I know the father, I laid down my life for the sheep. Um, so they, then it goes into like, they will listen to my voice. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. I know this applies to the church. Um, like we're talking about the universal church and anybody who believes in Christ. But the idea, like shepherd and sheep is, is, is the analogy because overseer translation is shepherd, which mm-hmm. means that there's like micro sheep flocks. Um, which is what churches are. Yeah. Which we could have done that tonight, I guess. Um, but, <laughs> just,
2: that's, the, that's the undergirding of all of this.
0: Yeah, is what a church is. Yeah. Um, but our, I, I, I guess it's just acknowledging that there are flavors that are shaped by the shepherd. Like there's like flavors and nuances to a congregation. They're going to be drawn out with exceptions, obviously. Um, and I guess when you're attending a church, you just kind of kind of find... The flavor that can disciple you the best, because um, it may not but, be the shepherd; it may but, not be the over the main guy.
2: I guess okay. So we're taking John ten, right? And we're and we're. Does that apply to the church, or are we taking a divine thing of like this is the Messiah speaking? Mm. My sheep, no, my voice, like. Are we taking that and applying it where we shouldn't? I'm just wondering because, like even back to the disciples, it's like you have like, but at the same time, none of. I'm just trying to think through this. Mm-hmm. You have when the Pharisees like, why does, why does your Rabbi sit with sinners and tax collectors and drunkards? Like, Christ wasn't any of that. It's like they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, the whosoever's and the unwanted, the marginalized, the oppressed, the widows, whatever all the unwanted in society flocked to him but jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor of god and man so like i mean it wasn't until he started he started making radical claims Mm. that people started hating him yeah so i'm just just wondering like like, it his his group didn't look like him at all outside of the poverty like they they didn't they didn't look like him in his righteousness, but they looked like him in their everydayness. Ordinary. Ordinary. So, I don't know. So, so when he says, like, the—I guess
0: I'm wondering—I really don't really have an answer to this. Well, he did, in this, he's not saying—I mean, the application wasn't that—doesn't really actually apply that much to our situation, because there's nothing in there that applies to it other than there's a shepherd and the sheep, and an overseer is a shepherd. So, like, they know the voice of the shepherd. That's the main connection. Um, which doesn't really negate... Well, your, what I'm saying is that's saying. just right
2: there. I don't know if that... Does that apply to that?
0: Knowing the voice of a shepherd?
2: Yeah.
1: Is that meant to just be Jesus? Is that Jesus? meant to just
2: be Jesus? Or does that apply to everybody who takes a shepherd pastoral
0: role? I think everybody should know the voice of their shepherd. Which is... I do. Which is Jesus. Okay. But if, if, if we're told that that same word is used for elder or overseer... I
2: don't think the... Theology behind
0: it uh, ties to it is what I'm saying. So you can't know the voice of your overseer. overseer.
2: But what he is talking about is like, as the father knows him and he knows the father. Mm.
0: And this is like calling people to him. Okay. I mean, the analogy of sheep and shepherd, I think still works. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. As far
2: as leading a fly... Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't have an answer. I am just yeah. don't want... But I'm guessing it, I never really thought about it like this until tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, are we taking something that was meant to be literally God calling people to him through salvation? Are yeah. we taking that and now applying that to pastors? If, and maybe it's... Maybe that it, maybe we can.
0: But maybe... Uh, if, they, if it wasn't... The analogy wasn't brought and then dragged over to Paul's letters to Timothy, then I would say it was a stretch. But when, like, the same language is used... I think that at least the analogy still applies. Yeah. Because then why make the connection at all? Why not just call them leaders?
2: Well, it's overseers.
0: Of... Yeah. Yeah. Which is the same term that's also used as for shepherd. Is it? Mm-hmm. Are we sure? I mean, uh, I just read that book, Making oh, maybe, a man, Maybe it is. I don't know. I, I, um, Or whatever it's called.
2: It sounds right, but I just... Okay. So, yeah, yeah I guess if the word, same word's being used, then what, sure.
0: Um, but yeah, I have to check it out.
2: Um, um, yeah, no, if you just write a thing on it, I trust
0: it. Measure of a man—that's what it starts out with. The the explanation of Timothy and the yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that just yeah. by years ago. That. Yeah. yeah, that's what I had to read for um, the one passage that gave me the book list. That was the first thing. oh Okay. So yeah, anyway, either way, um, the I, I think it, we're kind of. Hitting on the same points though, right? Uh, just generally that it does. It's not really about whether or not the flavors. Um, we're acknowledging that the flavors there that people uh, find a, something where they feel comfortable, and that's probably someone who has yeah. similar lifestyles, and they're gonna they're gonna settle in there. Is that good? Is that bad? I mean, there was only one Christ. So that is that is one advantage she had. There wasn't like nine yeah. of them walking around within twenty minutes. They couldn't go right. to go and find Christ two who's less smelly, you know. Um, So he was drawing in everybody because he was the only one, and now there's options. But you can find Christ in any of those. So what
2: about what about when Paul says like some say I follow uh, Jesus, some say I follow I follow Paul, some say I follow Apollos, Mm. and he tells them not to say any of that, but there's only one Messiah. Yeah. So is that them attaching to like they're like talking about like these? This is the pastor I like. This is the pastor I like. Mm -hmm. I listen to, and and he's saying no. Is he like? Is he?
0: I don't think he's rebuking like. Getting to
2: know one and being discipled by one, I think he's. I think he's rebuking, claiming to follow a doctrine or theology of one, and like yes. this is why I prefer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> is that is that like rebuking it or not? Like, because that's kind of what they were like. Oh, I go to I go to Paul's church because whatever because is, mm. I go to Paul's church because whatever Paul you know like. Is that the same? concept or is that just them
1: wasn't that hyper focusing on the salvation side of it i was saved through paul under christ i was saved through apollos under christ or what, i was saved directly from christ it? Corinthian, yeah i don't know
2: yeah maybe it might, it might be salvation based
1: on the uh sheep part it looks like two different words to me um i don't know greek very well but i just tried to do a quick yeah, I'll quick just check search it out but yeah i think that would be a good like
0: deep deep dive into those words. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think the whole world would have accepted pastor, shepherd, and overseer as, as a similar analogy if mm-hmm. it weren't. Like, I've never heard it, uh, like, negated before. So 1 Corinthians 3. Yeah, what's the context? Um, <laughs> um, Brothers and sisters, I not address you as people who lived by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ that give you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and crawling among you, are you not worldly? Are you still not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being mere humans? What is, after all, what after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned each his own task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow." So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes it grow. Um, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers um, for God's service. So that's just, God gets the glory of the end result, which is right. Christ. Um, and it's not about following one person, it's about following Christ and that person aiding you in it. Right. Um. Yeah. But I mean... you. I don't know how that doesn't really. I mean, so he's down calling out there like sh- he,
2: I feel like he's calling out, out their flesh and saying like i like I follow this person, I follow that person, like, yeah. But maybe that's a different thing. I
0: don't know. I don't know. I, I I I do think like Timothy, like got the encouragement from Paul consistently over and over again. He was his main influence. Yeah, same you know? with Luke. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's a negative thing with like having someone else. Oh, no, I don't think so yeah, yeah. And, and I decide. think we're so that's far past that. Yeah.
2: They were like provoking one to jealousy and envy yeah. and quarreling. And the flesh was coming out. Like that would be like, uh, I don't know if you're in a debate with your friend and it's like, you don't know anything. Cause you, you follow this guy. And I'm like, you yeah. know, you know, that's they're in a different thing as part, as opposed to just casual
0: conversation. Be like, Oh, I like this. And that seems like that's going down this, like the opposite. This is going down the sinful route. Like it yeah. almost like he's calling yeah. him out on a, he's calling on a sin when I'm not just looking he at jumps preferences. in the envy of it, right? Yeah, like hey, I went to this church because this person, you know, did this. I I really like this about this pastor. It's almost like a a, a good preference instead of like mm-hmm. I hate that he does this. Mm-hmm. Like some of our conversations have been, you know, like uh, for example, um, a pastor that we we've all listened to, not necessarily gone to a church of. Um, at one point, w- was a like. Of basically an offshoot of Christianity. He was a pastor in, in that. Um, like, had some kind of different doctrinal beliefs. Maybe Mennonite, something oh, like oh, that. Oh, okay, um, In and, his life. One in point. his life, yeah. yeah. Before, the, now, and that person now teaches, is one of the best teachers we've heard. And, you know, different people have had different interpretations of that progress, of like, one is he's wishy-washy. He went from one to the other. But I I think we're all kind of on the same boat as like, if that person was thinking one way and then went to the Word and came to a different conclusion, um, praise God, that God mm-hmm. led him through that, and I don't necessarily mean think that means he's like wishy washy. If he changed every other year, then yeah. Right. But if it took him thirty years to come to the conclusion of this, then praise God.
2: Right? Yeah. I guess we that, don't know enough information, that, but that's just. But yeah. But,
0: but that makes it more attractive. I would want to follow that person more, knowing that he wasn't just raised in a tradition and then lives in it. Right. It was raised in a different tradition and lives in it. Right. You know, than it was now. But that that's that's up to her preference. Mm-hmm. I want somebody who just kind of always in the same boat so
2: yeah we talked about that kind of like we, go back to paul again like why paul's speaking on grace was so attractive and effective was because he was on the opposite side of grace for a long time yeah so for him to say it and experience it and feel it it hits harder
0: yeah With conviction right He's got something to lose yeah Yeah, do you think that if you were um, a listener of Converted Paul, so Mm. you were in the crowds where Paul was teaching or reading one of his letters, you would have been able to accept his new message based off his past, like even with his past, like knowing he was seven years ago? Like, do you think you would have been one of the people that were just like, this Paul's preaching a gospel. I don't care what he did. This is real. Or do you think you would have been like, no, this dude something's up like he's, he was just killing these guys. Wait, am I already a believer or you're just saying? Stop asking for qualifications. Okay, well. No, would you believe his message? So not a believer. So I'm not not a non-believer or are you talking about when he came back to Jerusalem? Came back to Jerusalem after being away. So he studying. came back to the brothers? Yeah. So like, they were already believers? Either one. So let's do non-believer. the I, first I said non-believer. You're just a listener yeah. in a crowd.
1: I would say less likely if I was a non-believer. <laughs> I don't know why. But if I'm a believer, I would I would think I would have more grace for somebody who has changed, like we just said, who has changed their perspective on something and who's preaching
0: Because all of them Christ. at that point had changed kind of dramatically, yeah. like Matthew, like a couple of them have had some— Yeah,
1: maybe not murdering your brothers and sisters, but, you know, changed.
0: Yeah, yeah I would say I'd be more—I
2: mean, God had to back it up with miracles. The Spirit had to validate certain things. But I would be more—I'd be more— Prone to believe it, if I'm a, if I'm a what do we say first non believer? If I'm first. a non believer and he's coming to I live in Galatia and he's coming, and then he tells this story of, and people can validate the story of like who he used to be. It's it's like now it's like you like to listen to people who the guy who used to lead Hells Angels yeah and he's on a you know and, and then he, his life changes or like you like stories like Zach's like mm. I was a heroin addict in Kensington and now I follow the Lord like oh well, that's his story it tell, you
0: he told it <laughs> that was private
2: oh what well, we put it on public oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know like that's um. It 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 holds more weight because it's it was a longer and more painful journey. Yeah. Now, if I'm the believers in Jerusalem, and all you knew about this guy is that he's currently killing the Christians. Yeah. And then he comes back to Jerusalem, and all I have is what's his name's word mm-hmm. to be like, no, trust me, he's he's good now. I'd be like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd let him in the house
0: immediately. All right. So, Milo Yiannopoulos. Okay. Supposedly born again Christian right now and wants to be a pastor. Did you know this? Did not. Who is this? Um, It's hard to describe him. Uh, He was an openly gay conservative that loved Trump, but really inflammatory and was kicked off every campus in the world and really kind of gross. Like he would say, like some of the most horrific stuff in the world. Um. And he went to rehab. But anyway, uh, he yeah. would not typify him as a as a type of Christ before, whatever. So now, went in the rehab. He said he prayed the get away, and he's straight. Hmm. Once they get married, he's now preaching and teaching. Um.
2: Already, he's preaching and teaching. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's been he, like five, he went now? away like five years. Um, no,
2: no, he was just on Rogan not too long ago. In his in his like.
0: In no, his... that was a long time ago. Okay. I mean, it must have been a long time ago. Um, someone, li- someone like that. So, if you, if you can put someone in your brain who was like basically the opposite of of Christ, like in the media, like are you are you tentative to believe him?
2: Well, nowadays, yes. Okay. Back in the day, when following Christ meant like you're going to get whipped and flogged, no. Because now you're accepting Christ in a time where. You can't just accept him, and, and it's a Fed. He stopped listening.
0: Episode 702 for Rogan, 2020. Yeah. So four years ago.
2: No, but I'm saying, like, even like through the pandemic, he was, like, he was at his, like, heat in oh, being okay. being who he was. But whatever, regardless. But what I'm saying is, like, nowadays, I don't think you can apply it to nowadays. Mm. I'd have to see over an extensive amount, like, the like Kanye, kind of made a whole album about it. It was, this whole entire thing. He he was saved. And now he's... And maybe, I'm not saying he's not saved, but I'm just saying, like...
0: <coughs> he's not a crusader for Christ.
2: He, he, yeah, it, it, that was very short-lived. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Mm. And even when it happened, I was like, all right, let's see if it's real.
0: Yeah.
2: And and that's not to say his salvation's not real, I'm not saying, but it's like, the, the amount of gusto you put into it, like, yeah. faded fast. Mm. And he seems to go back to a lot of old things. Mm. So, but like I said, but back then to be like, Namakrishna Krishna everything. And it's like, oh, okay, well, we're probably gonna get flogged in the next week or two. So we'll see. Like, mm. it'll,
0: it'll be exposed quick. Yeah. That's, Just curious if like, if you'd be quick today to accept a, a public flip conversion, like you want to see over time, does you, does you, what are your markers of like, didn't know if it's authentic or not? Yeah. time
2: time and like you kind of like you said like you can i feel like you can hear it and see it and feel it in the conviction mm. like you can what well, not just, necessarily prophecies but like john tells us like test test all prophecies test all spirits like you'll be able to tell
0: in time yeah yeah i don't know much else about this like other than you know what i mean mm-hmm. other than um like
2: we're losing. We're losing him. Yeah,
0: because uh, we mentioned like one celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I've lost it. Like Justin Bieber singing with Maverick City. Right. Like everything in me wants to believe. Like I really hope he's a child of God and he spend the rest of his life like pursuing him and making worship albums and everything. But like I've I've kind of been down that road so many times to where it's just like we'll see. For mm-hmm. me, it's just wait. If five years from now you're still beating the same drama, I'll be real happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, like well, I'm not gonna get you know too hype about it because right. I don't know. So, I think we gotta solve the 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 main issue is is all right. So here's the follow question though. So I, we sorted out it, it it is common. It does happen. It's not necessarily wrong that your church might have a a, a a overall generalized type, and that could just be because there's a flavor people are attracted to a similar flavor. Right. Um. Is that any different than having like a an echo chamber? So like there's there's a flavor there's a flavor of type of lifestyles that not, mm-hmm. it could be like family it could be um, older that's that's one of them right like an older church older generation church um, but then you have like theology that flavors it a little bit as well like Baptists have a flavor right Pentecostals have a flavor um, that's when I think the negative one almost starts to come in yeah because then you get into this like you can almost start drawing points for like, okay, if you tell me that you're Baptist, then I assume a certain type of clothes and then I assume mm-hmm. that you're not, you know gonna have this theology which inform you in this way and then, you know, and that could be just me like typifying them. but it seems to just draw out. I haven't seen like
2: I, I think <laughs> I think even when it comes down, so when I think when it comes down to theology and Bible study, and things of that sort. That's when the echo chamber becomes a negative. But but uh, even a church having a culture.
0: That might be a better way to say it than flavor culture.
2: Yeah, even a church having a culture, I don't think is wrong. No. Um, but within that culture, there should be there should be unity, not uniformity. Mm. So you guys can have. Similar likes and preferences, but there should still be differences that challenge one another. Mm. And then that is what inspires growth. Mm. Um, so like for example, let's just I don't know, let's just use an example. Like all of us here, we we have similarities, but then we also have very big differences. And <coughs> the similarities we allow to unite us. And the differences we allow to challenge one another, mm. Mm. and that's what makes it what it is. Who's
0: the straight one?
1: What? Not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> not,
0: oh, that man. was Bennett, by the way. He said that. <laughs> oh, um, so, so I oh, think that's a similarity. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, I think there should be
2: culture. Um, there should be similarities and preferences in the like, culture cultural things. <laughs> But
0: differences that challenge one another. So, I don't know to say it. it. Yeah. Uniform, not unity, not uniformity. Right. Uh, yeah. Is that is something that just kind of flowed, or did you heard that before? I think I've said that before on this podcast. You definitely have, you. Yeah.
1: All right, calm down. Yeah. No, but I <laughs> definitely. No I'm, are... <laughs> no, I'm The second part, I like better the let your differences challenge each other. Yeah. Letting those things. I mean, we talk about it, we've, we have before, where it's talking about let your um, strength and weaknesses balance each other out, where somebody's strength lean on somebody else. Yeah. You're weak? How do you say it?
2: Your strengths are for somebody else's weaknesses. For somebody else's weaknesses. Strengths or for your weaknesses. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, let's, even if you take a look at Revelation, there's, like, there's just all these languages and cultures and people coming to the throne. to work. So that means there's still differences. Mm. There's still tribes. Mm. There's still languages mm. all across the globe coming to the throne to worship. So it's like, that remains. Mm. So there's culture. I don't think there's anything wrong with culture. And I think, but to the main point, there's not one one way to worship christ and that's the beautiful thing of it it's this multi-colored family coming together to worship christ at his throne yeah. in all sorts of different ways mm-hmm. you know what I mean? and it just looks different and as long as it's got glorifying mm-hmm. then go to where you go to your go to preferences but as far as like studying mm-hmm. and, and and thinking and critical thinking that flourishes when you get challenged
0: yeah so like, a church culture can be different and biblical. Yeah. Like that's, and yeah. that's... It's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, from, from church to church. Like, it, like from one oh, church building yeah, to well, another yeah. church building. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think that's, like, one of the things that we talked about when we were talking about looking for a new church or, like, your red flags and, you know, all mm-hmm. those conversations mm-hmm. we did a while ago was, like, when, you, when you're looking for a church, you shouldn't go to one that has, like, three out of ten things you're, you're hoping to be there. Um, non biblical, like say you have like that's a high number, but let's like, say you have ten preferences. Um, if you go to one, you're like, man, there's three out of ten. I can't wait to change this place so I can get seven out of ten. Like, I don't think this is your place because mm-hmm. this culture was, you know, it, God is letting it flourish and is pulling these people in, and and there's leadership that's been leading mm-hmm. them. and um, I don't know if pref- if you're thinking like maybe I can contribute like a theological perspective. That's that's better than I want to change these to my preferences.
2: All right. Uh, Because when you look at Paul, like he wasn't changing, he wasn't changing cultural preferences. He was changing cultural theologies. Anything he like, he was the food. Right, but not not food, not like, can you, are you kidding me? They eat pita over here, but they eat Mm -hmm. pasta over here. Like, we got to do something. It wasn't that, that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about, okay, the question at hand is, regardless of where you're from, what happens if some sacrificed to a god? Mm. Like, that's the question at hand. The the theology behind that, now I have to answer and speak into it. Not, you guys can, whatever time of day you want to eat, you guys eat whatever Mm. time of day it is. You know, you guys have a siesta, you don't. He never changed anything like that. In fact, he said, I became Mm. like these people to become, to to Mm. conform to their culture. Mm. So he kept culture, he assimilated, but also changed
0: theologies. Mm. Yeah. And spoke to the, like you said, and pointed people over different cultures so yeah. that they had a touching point without telling them to change it.
2: And he even did things that he didn't necessarily believe in. Like when he shaved, when he came back and he shaved his head to, to appease the believers in Jerusalem mm. and take that vow, and like, he would have he was past that. Like these are all, these are things behind us now. These are yeah. all, but to not, to be above reproach, to not make them stumble X, Y, and Z, he's taking these, he's doing these things to, their heart was more important to him
0: than his preference. Yeah. That's what a good leader would do. Yeah. 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 I don't, I mean, if if you were to go to a Catholic church today, like you went to like a, a, a mass because someone that you love is getting baptized or something, or yeah. like a family member, like, would you partake in any of, like, the, the parts of the liturgy just to fit in? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Does this for the same reason? Like, I'm I'm willing to do this for Christ? As oh, Paul? yeah.
2: Yeah. Same reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would... Uh, hmm. And, I mean, unless something was in, in blatantly in the face, like, not... Uh,
0: just counter-scripture.
2: Counter-scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would hopefully talk about it. Like, I mean, the last time I can remember doing this is when I lived in the Philippines. And for the first however long, many months, I, I went to a Catholic church. Mm. And I was thinking this because the other way, I was thinking the other way where it's like, I, once I found a non-denominational family, it was game-changing. Like, it, mm. I, I, could, I felt like I could breathe again and, like, yeah. it felt like fresh air and, like, that In was the where, Philippines or here? No, the Philippines. Okay. Like, when, when, once I got out of the Catholic <laughs> and I found the non-denominational church to go to and stuff like that, I was like, oh, my God, like, that's an example of where, a completely different culture. Yeah. But church preferences were the same or Mm. how we worship, how we worship Christ was the same. Yeah. But completely different cultural things. Mm. So, but anyway, so, but yeah, I would, uh, I would, you know, say certain prayers, do certain things, but then like anything where they like elevated Mary to a position she shouldn't be or um, confessing to a priest and, you know, like that's when conversations would come up and never saw eye to eye, but
0: yeah. Hail Mary, Hail Mary full of grace. Yeah. 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 So I'm hearing that for the first time now. Um, I never, I never even heard that prayer before in my life.
2: Really? Not once.
0: For the, for the first? Um, like at the, the older kids at the preschool, they have to eat. Gotcha. They, they say, okay. it. yeah, not mine. Um, so be out of there before that, but, um, like they do. Of, <laughs> you graduated. <right>? Preschool? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember, no, it's so funny. I remember eating a crayon in preschool (laughs) and I remember it because I saw um, a girl that went to my preschool the other day um, and she's not gonna listen to this, uh, named Casey, um, related to someone else. So anyway, she works in the district that I work in and I was like, I remember you, but the last memory I have from her, of her is in preschool. And I remember eating a blue, cerulean blue crayon. Because you know, like the, the yeah, big yeah. pack. I remember eating it, and then the teacher would be like, "You shouldn't do that." And then I didn't, and I went home. But I have a very vivid memory of like where I was in the room, looking at the wall. What is did your... she remember it? No, she didn't. But it, did she spark that memory? Did you her. tell her? Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was like, the last time I saw you, I ate it. Cra- <laughs> <laughs>
2: you just that would be dude. If you whipped one out, just so not every time <laughs> like, you see it. Do you, you no, do you remember me? me? <laughs> How? Uh, <laughs> Oh man! No, I. Uh, what I was gonna say was, what's your what is your first memory you can remember?
1: I vividly remember I had to be at least two or three, maybe four. I don't think I was that old, but being potty trained and like we had uh, in our our the the home I grew up in, there are two floors, so there's an upstairs bathroom and downstairs. The downstairs was like a half bath, normal small, and I remember being on that toilet. And screaming bloody murder that I did not want to go to the bathroom in that in that bathroom for some reason and I just that's the vivid memory that I can remember the mm. wallpaper everything about that my mom coming in and like asking me like what was wrong with me I was just like I just don't want to go poop here. <laughs> <laughs> I just not say that. <laughs> like, so so I, you
0: were trying to get rid of of demons. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to qualify what the first one was. I can't really think of the I guess youngest like,
2: one. Yeah, the, the youngest memory you have that you can think of. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the youngest one I can think of. I honestly don't know if I was like 12 or 4 now, now I'm thinking about it. Most of the other ones past
1: that, the first ones I really remember are like pre-K and like kindergarten. Like someone in there that I have like yeah. like little glimpses of stuff that I remember doing. Crime, like a craft like or something. One the first ones but... that I can think of
0: right now. <laughs> Crayons and blue. demons, baby. That's my um, job.
2: Mine is, I was, I, I think I might have told this story before in here. I was three, and I had to get a hernia operation. Does this ring a bell?
1: No. So, yeah.
2: I had to get a hernia operation, and I remember going and being absolutely petrified. And I would. I was like throwing a tantrum. Like we were in the waiting room, and I was like throwing a tantrum. And like the only thing that could get me to go there was like this doctor came and brought this like red little wooden like uh wagon mm. and he said he was gonna give me like a tour like the hospital and like wheel me around and then he wheeled me right into the to the surgery bed and I remember being on the bed and I remember he put the mask on me like the stuff to make it anesthesia. And right before I fell asleep I remember just like looking the, and he was like they were like wheeling up the cart with like the knives and stuff on it. <laughs> That's <was> it. <laughs> I was like And then my one after that was kindergarten where I I I split my head on the mm. on the bottom corner mm. of the table. Split my head right it was gushing.
0: I remember a lot of elementary school, but I can't. I'm not sure before that was the earliest thing I can remember. I completely blacked out uh, high school. You remember high school? No, I I, I don't. I said you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm like two or three big moments, and that was about it. So I remember my. It's, it's all trauma based. All these memories are not positive. So I'm like <laughs> yeah, I like they got to remember like when I felt good. You know, <laughs> like, that day I was happy. Um, I. Was in second grade in math class and uh, they were doing fractions and I got lost and it was the one you write the answer on the whiteboard and you hold up the whiteboard mm-hmm. yeah and I just started crying like I was just <laughs> you got sit-
2: lost in the fraction
0: you got lost in the fraction and um I was just sitting there and the nicest lady ever came up and like helped me but I just remember that feeling of like mm-hmm. feeling dumb and like because I just didn't was paying attention for a second and I was like I'll never feel this way again <laughs> and I just started studying. <laughs> all the <time. laughs> Damn, um, it's- that's where it started. Yeah. Okay, one more. This is another embarrassing one. Um, same year. I during the Pledge of Allegiance. Same years fraction year? Yeah, fraction year. I peed myself during the Pledge of Allegiance, second of grade. And I just let it dry and went through the rest of the school day. Oh, you told <laughs> you said that one before. Mm-hmm. I remember the mm-hmm. let it dry part. Yeah, and I had stiff pants <laughs> for six more hours. <laughs> <crazy>. Oh man. <laughs> Full on. I don't know how nobody noticed. Yeah, just trauma based. I-
1: This has got to be the dumbest thing ever. Uh, This had to be also pre-K, maybe maybe first grade. But, like, I brought a stuffed animal and, like, snuck it into my book bag. I don't know where I got the idea that I wasn't allowed to have it. Or maybe you're not allowed to at that age. I don't know. But I remember, and my teacher, like, going over to open up my bag to put, like, homework there. And me being freaked out that she was going to find the stuffed animal that I had brought and I I was going to get, like, sent to detention or something. <laughs> Isn't really? that crazy
2: so that, that anxiety,
1: like, anxiety and, like, trauma is what you remember the most? Yeah, man.
0: I was laying in the snow, <laughs> afraid of being possessed by a TV. That shows, like, some of the harms of, of like, exposing little kids to, like, yeah. bad theology really young.
2: <laughs> or just concepts
0: way, they're not ready Too for it. Too advanced, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also remember the um, like one of the first, ser- the very first sermon I remember ever hearing, in person, um, was the pastor of the church we were going to doing one on cigarettes and how like if you and they had an umbrella, and then they had a carton of cigarettes and they held the umbrella and they said that if you if you smoke the cigarettes you were outside of God's, like God's protection, worth. because yeah. you were choosing to step out from the umbrella, and letting all of the cancerous things and all the health problems hit you like rain. Hmm. And if you let God put the umbrella over you with good decisions and threw the pack away, and that was like the basis of the object lesson in the sermon. Hmm. And I remember doing that, sitting next to my dad, be like, "You listening?" Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, so for our uh, topic originally, I mean, it just basic rolling it back though is like sectarianism is the the basic thing. It's like just sex of people, sects. Yes. People group up naturally. You look at a cafeteria, mm-hmm. yeah. they're all grouped up based off of like characteristics. The church is it's humanity's not gonna go away because God calls you to yeah.
2: Although I but
0: I I do think that in God's kingdom,
2: when Christ is the thing that draws you to other people, it does look different than I've said this before. Like let's take uh let's take our group of friends. Like a lot of them I would never choose to just hang out with. Hurtful.
1: No, it makes sense. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Like
2: I just, it just wouldn't. I just, uh, if I had to choose a friend group, it, it would look different. But when the centering thing that's uniting everybody is Christ, it's like yeah. it, it, it's different.
0: Yeah, it can't all be a foot if you're trying yeah. to build a body, right? Right. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense theologically mm-hmm. and just common sense wise. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I've, you know back in like old, old Bible studies and stuff, I, I, I sometimes I just sit there and like look around and be like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. I would never, in know, my life, but then I, th- I would think about it, that's the beauty of it, because it's yeah. like Simon and Zell would never be with Matthew. You know, like that's, mm-hmm. there's one thing in common.
0: Yeah, I mean, the body of Christ should, should be, and even local fellowships with flavors should be comprised of people that offer different things from different walks of life, from different cultures. Yeah. You know, um, from... Able to disabled to hearing to not... I mean, yeah. I think one of the like healthiest uh, ministries a church can have is like a, a ministry for the disabled. Yeah. Um Because you're 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 allowing the full body of Christ to enter your doors. You know, because when oh, you talking right. about the body and, of Christ and people who believe in Christ, it didn't say except unless you have this no, deficiency.
2: No, matter of fact, this is quite the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um But like uh, you may not have certain bodies. May not actually have people that are trying to come. So not every church needs to have that. But mm-hmm. I think it is beautiful when they do. Yeah, because um, it's it's saying we include like God includes everybody, and we're willing to accommodate and make things harder for us in order to to ha- mm-hmm. to make that happen. Um, by the way, I was just thinking of someone who signs. You know, some churches have like the yeah. the sign language. Did you see the the woman who was arrested um, because she was faking sign language for a um, I think it was for a church or for um, – it might have been a court. I forget what it was, but she went and did like – Probably court. Maybe court. Because Is that a is that a crime? What would, that, what would the crime for be? Forging the credentials and going up there. Okay. Maybe, and that's what um, I'm saying.
2: In a court, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. I forget what the context was, but I watched it, and she was going hard. The hands moving – Everything and then Would at was she actually signing properly? Just didn't no, she had probably. never no. once oh, taken a okay. class. I was gonna in say. And someone, I was just dying, someone laughing and just... she just she was just like, Yeah, she signed up for the job, she got like hired and everything. They never like tested her because she had the qualifications. So usually, if someone has it. You're just happy. You're just like, "All oh, right, thanks." Stand yeah. up there, and she was out there doing like all kinds of dance moves. And, tell us this, tell and us then, like, a... and then all the the there's a few people that were deaf in the in the place, and they're just like looking at her, like <laughs> what is going on. And then afterwards, she got take. Uh, I don't. Know, she got fined or imprisoned or something. I forget what it was. But
2: yeah, I'm just wondering, like, what would be the? Because you can't get you get any other job. You can get any other job.
0: Forging credentials is a crime. It just right like that just feels like that wouldn't be in a court
2: of law, yes, but it just feels like any other any spot it wouldn't be there. Well, because yeah. you can get hired for any other job, right? Let's say, Straight, say, say you know,
0: she was arrested for fraud and charged.
2: Yeah, yeah. if if I well, say, right, but if I, but if I, if I do a job interview with you, yeah, and I'm like, here's my networking background. I did mm-hmm. all this, this and that, and then you put me in the field, and then I don't know how to do networking. Yeah, yeah I don't go to jail.
0: You just fire me. No, I could still yeah, if, sue if I, you for for fraud, right? Yeah, if if I if no. I faked a teaching license, I could go to jail yeah. for a long time.
2: Oh, so it's the license that the, she's yeah, the license. Forgot, I got it, got it. That's the, what I'm the saying. Principle. There's no that's, network license. You can't you can't sue me for fraud. You you would just fire uh, me. Yeah. You're incompetent. You can't do the job.
0: Yeah, so in, in Florida um, for the US police force, women are arrested after faking sign language to become an interpreter for the US police force. Um, yeah, i will show you the okay. video when we're done. That holds it, a lot of weight. Pretty, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. What is it? Jesus. Our listeners would love to hear about oh, it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like we might when we do it again. Um yeah. So what what all right, so then there'd be a, like to focus in on the what we'd like to see in a church that does integrate multiple not types of people, but like tries to be diverse. And in, in, that's not even, you shouldn't try to be diverse. Right. You should that's, try to be attractive to anybody right? with the love of Christ. But what are signs of that happening? Like I would think of like a special needs ministry is like a, a pretty easy.
2: Oh, you're going by specific ministries? I was just going to say. Well, that's one of them. I was just going to say overall flexibility. Okay. If you don't have a white knuckle grip on your church's culture. So. Say you have a general say you have a general culture, right? And then somebody comes in and been there for a while, serves there, and has this <coughs> that idea that kind of kind of flies in the face of your culture. Like, Man, all right, let's try it. And then if it works, that'll attract more people. I you know, I'm saying I don't I don't know, but I'm literally making something up, but like not just flex, just flexibility. Yeah. I I I'm truly just making something like I'm trying to yeah, think I'm, of an example. Yeah, like, you're right. uh, okay, that, that's a perfect let's take the deaf one. So, for five years, ten years, you have this church, and there's a culture, and you have nobody in the congregation that's deaf. Somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm an interpreter. What? I should sign line. There's two ways to look at it. It's like, I'm an interpreter. Let me sign two signs for your congregation. It's like, oh, we don't have anybody deaf. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you don't. yet Because I'm. You know what I mean? Like, if you build it, they will come. So now you have an interpreter up there. Maybe right now there's nobody deaf in your congregation, but that that draws
0: that now. Yeah, I mean— And say, now you're open to the— you, de- Say the people in the congregation see them up there doing it to nobody in the congregation that's deaf. And then they're like, wait, I have a cousin. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That I've never been able to bring out the church. So
2: there's two ways to look at it. You can look at that cynical and say like, oh, well, if there's nobody in the congregation that's deaf.
0: It's attention-seeking and, yeah, you know—
2: um, or, or you could,
0: could just, or you could even just announce it from the pulpit and just be like, Hey guys, just so you know, we have someone who's gifted in this. If anybody that you that's think, that's probably the best way.
2: Um, like yeah.
0: please let me know. And I would happy to have them sign up and, you know, right. Um, until then we'll wait, you know, but that's a good way to just so, like being flexible at ideas. And, and I think flexibility, a good example of that is that the Chuck Smith washing the feet of the hippies. Okay. Coming in. Yeah. Like he was, instead of him just shaking hands and greeting at the front, the culture of the church was to be, you know, more, um, I don't know. Uh, elegant or whatever it is, refined. Um, he's washing feet of people to come in right. and adapting the church to the people that were, were coming in. Cause the culture had to change, right? That right? the uh, worship immediately adopted, right. like people were able to talk to, to him during the sermon. Um, the whole church service changed because the people that came in. I'm trying to think where this goes like bad.
1: I, sorry for being cynical about it, but like where you get either like personality tests or you have like quotas that you have to reach for having a certain amount of people on staff or on certain places
0: where that seems yes, wrong, right? That's when you're trying to manifest diversity instead of attract it. Yeah. Like, I think that I, that's a, it's a, this is a tough question because, like, this is what, um, like, even a good friend of mine that's a worship leader, she was talking mm-hmm. about how, like, they need to, like, she was told she needs to have more minorities on, on her worship stage to reflect mm-hmm. the congregation. Um, and... That's a, a tough place to be because I do think and I've always was kind of so this is my perspective on this and this is hopefully it doesn't air but like in areas like Building bridges and flying airplanes. I don't want quotas. I want the highest possible quality. I Think in places like education representation matters for kids. It really does mm-hmm. like almost more than the, the content so I was always the other way on that. I was like, in education, I want to the most qualified teachers. Like, yeah, I think that's a ge- pretty general sense. I want really qualified teachers. But I also think it helps when, like, you see someone that looks like you and is also teaching math and teaching science. And de- But um, I think
2: – but, okay. So. so if you
0: have the option and everybody's equally qualified, like representation is is a very nice thing. Um, yes,
2: but I think it depends. Uh, so, okay, so we're going to take this back to the church. I do agree, but I think it stops –
0: Church is different than that, is what I was going well, at.
2: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I think, but it doesn't have to be. So, what I'm saying is, I think that need or want for representation mm. from, the, from the student or whoever it is, like, I think that should stop, and maybe I'm just saying this as a majority, but that should stop when your, like, frontal lobes are fully developed. So, like, I don't... To me, I can go to a church. I don't care what their worship team looks like. But if I'm a five-year-old in the children's ministry, now maybe... So I wouldn't oh, want... Oh, so you're
0: saying once you're grown.
2: Once you're grown, that should, should not matter at all. So you should... Your worship team should not... Yeah. That should not... They should... Whoever's most qualified should be, get, the, get the... Yeah. But now I'll maybe in children's ministry, let that look like a bunch of different... Like, you don't have to be... a Not to... You know, it's God's word, but I'm saying you don't have to be a rocket scientist to mm. to, to... So it should look like whatever it needs to look like because like you're saying that it does matter for kids need to see people that act and look like them and, and feel comfortable yeah. around. And like, so that should be diverse and you can kind of maybe manifest that one a little bit more.
0: See, but I'm, what I was going to say though is I don't think that there should be quotas at really any level once you get in, in a church. Like if you really have a strong discipleship model in your church, let's say your church is split yeah. 50% Asian, Mexican, right? right? Whenever I'm just trying to pick two different than than the the majorities. And it's right down the middle. Like, if you are really discipling anybody who wants to be discipled, it should be somewhat close. Like, the odds are, and you have a 50% Asian, 50% Mexican, and 100% of the the leadership is Mexican. It's like, okay, so where's the discipleship for the, uh, let's, we're, we're lacking meeting the spiritual needs of this group of people. Not like we need to meet a quota, let's raise them up. It's like, how do we meet their needs? Um, so I, I think proper discipleship that isn't based on quotas somehow eventually might actually meet the quota. You know what I mean? Um, and if you're looking at a church that's 90, 10, one population to another, I don't think we should be spending our, you know, our, our time trying to make that match Exactly. But I do think it's worth doing a little introspection and just saying, okay, so you know, are we meeting the needs of every, you know, can we meet the needs of this culture a little bit better because they feel a little disconnected because they're not attending our discipleship classes and nobody? Yeah, that I think so that's That's the
2: Steve. That's the sending Stephen to the widows of the yeah. doing the introspection like like that. Um, but not, but because not manifesting of it. Not it. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Like at the end of the day, it's when God God works in the power of his spirit. At the end of the day, it's gonna, so like yeah, the Ethiopian eunuch. It didn't matter that Philip was Greek. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, he just he's like, how how can I know that someone teaches me? And he taught mm. him. And he got baptized that day. Yeah. And nothing to do with the skin color or pigment or, or mm. like so uh you can't take that part of it out. But um I think there are ways to do it, but like Cole said, like without getting unhealthy. Yeah. And you gotta balance that. Like when 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 there's talent involved, it should just mm. go by talent. Mm. Like when it's adults, it should just go by. Adults now, unless you're trying to meet a serious emotional fit, like a widow should talk to a widow. Mm. But uh,
0: well, maybe. like maybe <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, like we we go we, we live in a town where there's like a, a decent Hispanic population. I think it's 24. Yeah. percent in their town is, um, if there were no churches that were meeting and that were you know, mostly Spanish speaking churches, mm-hmm. then I would expect the English speaking churches in our town to be reaching out to those people and saying, how can we help you worship with us if Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to do it at all? And like integrating a Spanish song or two into the worship and like, and that would be the, we want to help you meet Christ. We want to help you identify. We want to integrate you as a part of the body. But like um, oftentimes those, the the sectarianism creeps in and they just, they branch off because we we can do that on our own. We have, and, and that's completely fine. Right, um, so you do see these healthy kind of separations because, like, why make you change everything if we can just do our own thing on the side right, like that's the
2: revelation part of it,, mm-hmm. but where I think we go wrong as is doesn't mean those two churches those those churches should talk more, yeah, and unite more and do things more they're yeah. so isolated, it's like it's not a it's not as- it's not a soup or it's yeah. not a melting pot, it's a salad, and like. I could I could you're the tomato I could see it. Like you guys mm. didn't you guys didn't blend it and melt it into like yeah, which okay, maybe that's fine, but like those things should unite. It's yeah. like it's more it's more like the ingredients for a salad laid out on a table. Yeah. It's like are oh, you guys taste better when you put it all together?
0: And like, also, you're just talking about the service aspect of church. Right,
2: like for your community. Like Yeah, you guys you guys should, you guys should unite. Like this church should go like like hey, I know language barriers different things like uh I think like church on the farm. That's mm. a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like that should be more frequent
0: with all different cultures. Yeah.
2: But like you said, but still have those, that way you guys can do a
0: full service in Spanish. And one thing I think actually happened with this podcast from when we started was like, we talked to a lot of pastors from different denominations and a lot of pastors had like, different theological views or different worldviews. And I mean, I think that we've become a lot more um, community-based with other churches since we started, even before like our our shift and everything Mm -hmm. where we attend. It's like, I, I feel like there was a community between like Zach before he even started his church and, mm-hmm. and people from GCCC and yeah. CC, GCC, yeah. GCC, GCC. <laughs> Um GCC. And, you know, all, all these different bodies um, just because um, it's like, oh, cool. You don't like to worship that way. Well, it's not Sunday. So why can't we just do this now? Right. You, know, you know, and have a podcast. Um, yeah.
2: Right. Which is why I think like, like the undergirding thing is like, what is church?
0: Yeah. Which tackle <laughs> <next time.
1: laughs> Yeah, that
0: is on our topic list. What is church? Yeah, um, all right. So, we kind of went all over the place with this tonight, we but did. that's okay. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to. So, are we gonna include Addison talking through the? I think beginning? so. Cole likes that part. Right. I, I, it's Cole made her cry, and we made You might,
2: you might have a lot of splicing to do up in the beginning. No, he yeah. he deleted it. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. good.
1: Um, no, but I think that show, I, I not to pull back the curtain a little too, that like shows the realness of just what's happening. It's like, all right, this is parenting. This is like,
0: what yes. happens. Yeah. 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 One, tell me if you think this is a, an effective parenting technique based off all of your, um, skills, skills and just experience. Yeah. So I think I might've mentioned this before, but the way to get through tra- a trauma, traumatic situation is just repeat it over and over again, verbalize it. So, like, if if Addison is riding her bike and she skins her knee and she's just terrified of her bike now, like, she's, the thing is, like, hey, remember yesterday when you were riding your bike and you fell off and it really hurt and your skin was on the driveway and, you know, you bled a lot and you screamed for 10 minutes? And then every day bring that up five, six times a day, like, in casual conversation. Hey, you want to ride your bike? No? Oh, you remember what happened yesterday? And don't even explain why you're doing it. Apparently, over time, that puts it into normalized and not into trauma. Yeah, it's exposure therapy. Do you think it works? Yeah, I know it works. Okay. That, that, who, com- that conversation was fun. No, no no,
2: no, no, no. I mean, in human beings <laughs> and, and humans, not I don't know, about parenting. I don't know when that works in a kid or not.
1: I'm not a therapist. Well, I, just, like, know, I, I you. Or? I thought you meant like you have to skin her knee
0: multiple times no, a day. No. I was like, that seems. <laughs> psychotic. No, no, no. He's got the, just like <laughs> the I, I know exposure, exposure therapy is a theory, but like, do you, can you think of like if that has worked on ever had worked on you as a person? At oh, any 100%. Stage? Yeah. How so? Like, what? What? I mean, you don't have to say it specifically, but I know
2: I've talked to Brandon about this. He actually pointed it out. He does exposure therapy all the time. Yeah. Um, like, That's uh, awful. No, yeah, but it works. So here's two examples where, like, um, I recently asked him if he did, uh, for a friend, I asked if he did online therapy, and um, he said they really only do it if somebody is struggling with agoraphobia, where they're, hmm. like, literally petrified to leave their house. Okay. And it starts with phone conversations, and it starts with... Um, uh, then it starts with um, like Skype video calls. Then it starts with Brandon will go out to the house. Then it starts with they go to Brandon's, and, and then it meets. And then you're getting them more and more out of their shell. and okay. then, So that that's just one example. Another example is he recently had somebody who had real trauma of like parental uh, parents always arguing and yelling, and like they can't. This person couldn't deal with somebody when their voice was like over a certain amount of decibels. Hmm. So in the beginning of their, in the beginning of the therapy, Nicole the started going. <laughs> yeah. No, so in the beginning of their therapy, he would, very very calm, cool and collect. And then as they, then he would just talk regular and then he, he let her know. He was like, just so you know, I'm, I'm like, and he had to let his other therapist around. They're like, I am going to scream at you. It's, uh, randomly, and not even tell you. But, and he might even be saying positive things, but he's screaming. <laughs> <You're> and, <exactly. laughs> And so he's now he's like screaming at them, but positive things, and he's like rewiring their brain. That screaming or raising a raised voice doesn't always necessarily mean trauma. Lovely yeah. hat. And, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, mine, <laughs> yeah. He, no, literally. And he would say, and I was like, because I asked him, I was like, man, what did your like other therapist? outside like, the like, did they like? the other people? He's like, no, I had to let everybody know through like, email. Like, I'm going to be doing exposure therapy through mm-hmm. loud screams. Like, what if that was
0: but, like his excuse to beat somebody up and like have nobody report it? Yeah. She's-
1: No, that was just my seven years with Joe. Just, you know, you hear a lot of screaming and
0: stop. (laughs) And
2: I know one for me that worked was um, exposure therapy, natural one that I didn't realize was happening. But to me, what like loud, really loud noises and like the storm. And I, when I went back, the school was right near an airport and it was a natural occurrence for planes to fly in. I mean, it looks like they're landing on the top of the building, and, and like kids would freak out and stuff like that. And uh, as the teacher, you kind of got to like hold the room together. But that was becoming a natural. That's oh, it's like regular things in life are loud too. Like I, mm-hmm. you forget about that, or like you know, like a train that you can hear across the street or something. Like there's regular things in life that are loud. Not every loud thing is a storm. Like, but I never even realized that because I know from the jump I was told him, I was like I don't really think any of that affects me to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, any, like I think it did it for a little bit. And then I was like, I don't know why. I don't think it has anything to do with what I'm going through now. And he had to say that. He's like, Well, you probably got naturally re exposed. I went through, it. there was another storm after that was not nearly as significant, but he was like, You went through a natural exposure. Like you, you went through things that would, that therapist would make you go through. Mm-hmm. He's like, So it was a natural exposure therapy. But I, yeah, I think any therapist would say it, it works. I mean, it's in the, like the DSMs. Mm. Cool. Just curious, if so we're I'm little, doing it. But again, so this, is, but like back to your other thing, we like bad theology at three years old. Like I don't know if it works in a five
0: year old. Yeah, but it well, works well, in not adults, just so yeah, not. I mean the part that's it's not like just the part they want to emphasize because I read a book on it. So it's called like yeah. a whole brain IQ or whatever. And and the, I'm rereading it now. This in an age where the information actually applies. But right. and to make it roach and normalized, you're supposed to go to like the hard part. Like remember when like you could you looked at your your knee and like it was wide open and like it stunk so bad. Hmm. But remember, right as soon as it was done, like you got an ice pop and everything after about an hour, all the pain went away. Yeah. And just like normalizing every step. Yeah. So so that's okay. You know, if it happens again, which it will, you know, look at your name. Remember last time? And
2: I guess it's it's also coaching them to like talk through problems. Yeah. You're you're bringing it up for them because their natural thing is to not. And then they're going to be like, oh,
0: actually talking through things does make it better. Yeah. I, would, I guess I don't know. I would. You, you know, when I still don't do this, and I still can't talk myself through, every time I get the stomach bug, I I can't see tomorrow. Wait, what? Like every time I'm throwing up, and like I get the stomach bug, and die. I'm sitting over a toilet, like I think, like I might not make it. Like every I'm, single time. <laughs> oh gosh! Like I'm not. I don't think I'm not. Di- I'm not thinking of death, but I'm like I can't remember how it ends. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: Like, so like that's just gonna be that's just, permanent. That's like my
0: permanent. This being. is it now. I'm throwing it up every day. Yeah. Now. This is like I, I I thought it was over an hour ago and it's still going. Next hour is gonna be the same realization and then that's it permanently and this is the rest of my life, um and I can't see past it, um and it's like the worst. That's the worst feeling is like if I had like all right, it starts at one. I'm done at four. I'm like all right, four. Set the timer and I'll I'll go to town. But it's like when it could be eight hours, it could be twenty. It's like I need uh, – I, I it's happened a dozen times, and I haven't gotten better at it yet.
2: I think I have the exact opposite association with throwing up than you. I always – in my brain, it's a positive because almost always, even if it's for a very small amount of time, almost – every every time you throw up oh, – I can't up, wait to see – No, every time, you, every time you throw up, it almost always feels better after. Oh, yeah. And maybe not permanently. Maybe you still have the stomach bug, but at least for a minute, a minute and a half after, it's like – that, that wave of nausea just went away for a second. Mm. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, another wave's coming, but I, so I always, or it's done and you got it all out of you. So it's like, I was associated with good, like I'm getting rid of the problem.
1: Mm. So we got to coach you through throwing up. Do I you remember the time when you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got a lot well, well, i every can- time. <laughs> I'm fully aware of the,
0: <laughs> I'm, su- I'm fully aware of the logic and just when it happens is this is permanent.
2: He <laughs> said, so I can't see the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: All right, so you just gotta call us when you're throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, oh, want to hear something funny about why I was late today? Talking about being sick, I went to urgent care to get meds.
2: Also, should we be here?
0: Why? Because I'm sick. Yeah. No, I'm fine. Okay. I got a shot in my butt. <laughs> all right, and okay. and um, apparently I had something and it's gone. Like, I'm in the tail end of either the flu or COVID. So when we on Sunday, you were definitely exposed. Um, But um, oh. the they forgot me in the room at the end of the appointment. I was there for a half hour sitting there, and I was the only person who went there. So I I knocked on the door. I was going to
2: say, didn't they need the? And room? I was
0: like, I'm coming. No, there was no one. Like I was the only one in the parking lot when I got went there and left. <laughs> and, I and I knocked in. I like they gave me the shot and they walked out. And then I was just sitting there. Wait, there she said, grab a seat. When I was showing, you sit down. And no one ever came in to give me like the paperwork to exit. So I, I like, half hour I'm sitting there. When I text you guys, I'm like I'll be there like a little late. Um, I was like, is anybody coming? And they're like, <laughs> and I heard a Lady go, You're still here? <laughs> and <laughs> and I walked out and like they're all just they standing in the hallway have, on their phones. They would have locked up. They the- would have. <laughs> and then I just like embarrassingly walked out. I was like, Why do I feel embarrassed? You got terrible at your job. <laughs> they didn't communicate at all. You're still here. Um, I would have been there online. <laughs> I was just watching clips. Um, <laughs> All right, you've been encountered. Sure. Thank you so much for tuning into the Encounter podcast and being part of the Encounter community. We treat this podcast as a ministry. We pray for it. We pray for our listeners and we pray that the guests and the information and the gospel that we share on this channel and this media platform are always and only glorifying to Christ and Christ alone. And while we do that, guys, our podcast sometimes spans one to three hours. So if you hear anything that you disagree with while we are speaking, which is highly likely, be Berean Christians, you have a few options. The first one would be to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. The second one would be to know that your and our authority should be and always be the scripture. So before you take anything at our word, please open the pages of your Bible, read them and find out what absolute truth looks like. Find it. And then the next step would be to reach out to us. And we would love to learn from our listeners um, as you are listening through a one-way communication to about our podcast. So please reach out to us with questions, concerns. We want to be held accountable. We want to have conversations. We want to see actual growth, but first take a deep breath. Second, open your Bible and three, give us a shout out. Have a blessed week.